you're talking about. Well, it's called Facing the Giants. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Giants today. It's called the I Spy Edition because this is the day. It's amazing that, you know, I look at calendars and, you know, if I if we didn't write it down, I wouldn't remember it. I've got to remember birthdays and anniversaries <laughs> and this day and that day. And But this was the day. After coming out of Egypt, going to Mount Sinai, walking again through the desert, another 40 days because they just couldn't stop being stupid, they get to the promised land. All they got to do is go in. All they got to do is go in. But no, they said, nah, I don't know. Let's send spies in. How about that? Let's send spies in first. Boy. If they weren't so like me, I would just, you know, <laughs> throw stones. But uh, what am I supposed to do to that? Do you know? But here's the deal. The one thing that we do have in common with them is that we're going to face giants, and we do need to know what we're facing. Now, if God says you can do it, you just go in. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, you know, getting out the uh, magnifying glass and getting an idea what you're facing. So... They're at the border. They're scared, as always. They don't trust God to take care of them. They say, you know, we'd like a first-hand report from someone we trust. Mm. And God sends, which is really amazing when you think about this. He says, you go to your princes, your next and leader, your, your leader, the number. Give me your number one guy. We're going to send him in. He knows their hearts. So he lets them send spies to scout out the land of Canaan. And he says, you know what? Go see what kind of land it is. And the people that inhabit it, are they strong or weak, few or many? Uh, tell me about the land. Is it good or bad? What are the cities like? You know, camps or in fortresses? What's the soil like, fat or lean? Are there any trees in it? Uh, you should be courageous and take from the fruit of the land. Now, put yourself in their sandals. You're visiting a land Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob settled in, which God promised would be yours forever. Your job, 12 of you, is to scout out the land. You're sleeping in tents, maybe. You're just on the ground. You're trying not to be noticed because there's giants everywhere. So probably no fires. You're eating cold food or nothing. Because everywhere you go, there are giants. Now, if this happened to you, you'd move. <laughs> Pick a different land, right? It's like, nah, I don't think so. Well, let's take a step back, right? How did you end up with a land full of giants? I mean, that seems crazy. We know that it's true. Jesus even talked about it. So we know that it's true. So where did they come from? Well, here's the deal. Revelation 12 tells us, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with a dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor there was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And we know that one-third of the angels, the total angels, came down. So Satan sought the throne, left his place in calling to try to take it, and... There was war in heaven. It was between angels who were all eternal. They couldn't die, in other words. The swords that they had weren't for stabbing to cause bleeding. That'd be kind of funny. But stabbing eternal creatures would be kind of pointless. Since Jesus is described in Revelation as having a sword coming out of his mouth, the war here is the tongue or words. It's a war of mm -hmm. lies versus truth intended to spiritually kill. It was obedience versus falling. It's pretty straightforward, right? Now, when God cast the fallen angels out of heaven, they didn't have physical forms or bodies, so they're continually in search of 
homes. Matthew 12 says it like this. When an evil spirit comes out of a person, it goes through dry places looking for a place to rest, but it doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to the home I left. Then it goes and it brings along seven other spirits, more evil in itself. They enter and they take up permanent residence there. Mm -hmm. In the end, the condition of that person is worse than it was before. And, of course, they make terrible house guests because it says Satan comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. You should never have those folks at your house. Because the war in heaven came to God's children, he said, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman between your offspring and hers. So it's our battle, right? So at the time of the flood, so we're going now back about 4,000 years. Genesis 6 tells us this. The Nephilim... Now, the, the Hebrew there is nephil. Is, it means giants. It means fallen or mighty ones. It means the cast down. So there's no question who we're talking about here. They're on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Then Yehovah saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So Jehovah said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I made them. So Jesus told us that angels don't procreate with each other in heaven, right? Remember that verse? Mm -hmm. But the fallen ones apparently mixed with early man and had children. So they're not in heaven and not with other angels. They're with humans. And the offspring of them are these mighty, these giants are very big, very strong. Eventually, everyone on the earth was wicked. So things were not looking up. Amos chapter 2. Yet it was I, this is God speaking, who destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars. Have you seen a cedar tree? Biggins. Now, if you imagine a human or a giant like that, you know, they're not skinny like a little tree. They're going to be wide to compensate for how big they are, right? right. We're talking big. And he, was, and he was as strong as the oaks. That's a tough wood if you've ever had to nail something into oak. We used to have oak tree uh, wood, and it was like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> Yet I destroyed his fruit above and his roots beneath. All right, so he had roots. That's important to know. Deuteronomy 2 reveals that the the Enim, which means terrors, were giants. The Enim had dwelt there in Moab in times past. Now, that's on the east of the side of the Jordan. The first thing you come to when you're going to take the promised land, you have to beat Moab. So these giants, these Enim, a people as great and numerous, as tall as the Anakim. Now, those are the giants that uh, David had to fight. And Caleb and Joshua had to fight the Anakim. Ezekiel 28, 19 describes them as horrors. All who know you among the people are astonished at you. You've become a horror and shall be no more forever. Now, technically, he's talking about Satan there, but also what becomes. In Genesis 15, God shows Abraham the distant future. Then Jehovah said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be enslaved and mistreated, but I'll punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they'll come out with great possessions. That'll happen. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. So we know that God's sending them, preparing them 400 years before to come and deal with these little guys. So in Jude and Second Peter, we see what happened to some of the fallen angels, the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode. He's reserved in everlasting change and utter darkness for the judgment of the great day. 
In Mark, we have the story of the demoniac, the demon we know is legion, asked not to be tormented or thrown out of the country. That's a strange request. He doesn't want to be judged like those angels and cast into outer darkness. So, one question for you is, what are these demons afraid of, these fallen ones? Now, my take on this, scientists who deny God's existence or that he created the world believe the universe just goes on forever, you know, forever and ever and ever, billions and billions of stars. But they would say the stars that are millions of light years away, which means that the world would be, have to be millions of years old. But God never said that. He did create this world. It just doesn't go on forever. And one day he'll wrap it all up like a scroll and replace it. One simple way of looking at it is like this. At the edge of his creation, there's an edge. He didn't. He just stopped. He made the world, the, this world. The universe curves back on itself, which causes light from the stars to bounce back, meaning no star is more than 6,000 light years away. That's more than enough time for all the light to bounce back. This understanding is sometimes called a white hole. But with that in mind, beyond creation is nothing, right? If there's something beyond creation, it's just darkness. Henceforth, the name outer darkness. There's no light. There's no order. There's no love. There's no rules of creation. No ability to function. It's uncreated space. It's darkness. It's torment. And the perfect prison and these fallen angels are not anxious to go there any earlier than necessary. They don't want the lake of fire for sure, but they sure enough don't want to be out in outer darkness. So consider these Canaanites. Their physical bloodline is Canaan and Ham, and we're going to talk about that coming up. Their spiritual bloodline is fallen angels. So it's not good. Coming up, I'm going to say, look at that question. What is a Canaanite specifically? They're coming to the land of Canaan. They're facing Canaanites, but who are these guys? So that's where we're going to jump in next. And as I've been sharing, we have a financial need. That's one of the reasons I'm here today. One reason is because it's the day they sent out the spies, which is a, the worst day of Israel's history. They think it's when they got caught, but it's actually when they did the stupid thing to begin with, because that's where the root of it is. They wouldn't go in, and so God said, okay, fine. When they I relied like, on human decision yeah, instead of his. I like your idea. You're yeah. not going in. But... One of the reasons is at the beginning of each month, we have to prepare for what's coming. And we're just a few days from July now, July 4th weekend. And so come in now on this particular date to talk about this subject. And I'll be back in 40 days to talk about when the spies come back because it's a great conversation.